Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about productivity, effectiveness, efficiency, plus some random updates. Let you know what I've been working on and some things that I have stopped working on. I guess that's the right way to say it. Things I've either ignored or I know they're sitting in the background. But as I was writing the title, as I was typing out the title for the file, the GarageBand file, it occurred to me, I've done a few episodes on productivity. It's a very common question I get. And I also think, I think I've probably done one on effectiveness and efficiency, but These things are sort of moving targets for me anyway, at least depending on what's going on in my life or how busy I am or projects I'm working on, that sort of thing. So (laughs) it could be a bit of, uh, well, you know what? If there's another episode with the same topics, I think it's okay. It's probably been a year or more ago and it's a good reminder for me anyway. (laughs) So we'll get we'll get into it. I'm just going to jump into it as well. My number one tip for productivity and getting things done is to just pick one to maybe three things per day that you need to get done. When you make a very long to-do list, it seems sort of insurmountable or you may end up doing things that are really easy and then you skip the hard things and then you have this long list that never seems to end and you add to it each day. Maybe you cross out a few things here and there. Maybe you get a few things done. Maybe you get a lot of items done, but they are the easy items, things that don't really matter that much. So if you can keep it really focused and just do one to three things, you'll make a lot more progress over time, especially for very important items that you need to get done. And I'll go through some, what I hope to be helpful examples, things that I thought about. Now, that said, I mean, I make a list pretty often. I don't really think of it as a to-do list, more like a brain dump and just trying to get thoughts out of my head. I guess it's kind of like a to-do list in some ways. It's not a pure brain dump, but the idea is I don't put too many things on the list. And if I end up doing a brain dump situation, I'll identify the really big things that I need to get done. Maybe that there's some deadline associated with. Now, a few assumptions that I should mention here. So number one, in my old day job, when I was doing consulting and I had, you know, a lot of obligations. I was a project manager for a software company. So I had a a lot of projects going on, you know, probably anywhere from three to eight projects potentially. So there are different moving pieces and different stakeholders and people I have to work with on each one of those projects. Now, in that case, maybe you, you can't just pick you know, one or two items, you will have to do a little bit on several different projects. That makes it, you know, much more difficult. And that is, you know, one of the reasons why those jobs suck (laughs) in some ways. But the point is you can still prioritize. 
and you can still figure out like, okay, I can let these things drop. I can really focus on, you know, this project that has higher visibility to leadership. It has a bigger budget. It's more important for certain reasons. And there's a looming deadline that I need to, you know, get this shit done so that we can move forward. Other people are waiting on things. It's just a higher priority. So as you go through and you sort of figure out the things you need to work on, you can prioritize. Now, in the work that I do now, I have fewer projects in general and I choose on what I want to work on. I don't have a boss telling me. So I have a lot of flexibility. And typically there is very clear once I step back and I get out of the weeds, there's some very clear things that I can work on that will make the most progress. And a lot of times those are, I mean, those are the items that you need to identify as the one to three items. At the corporate job or another type of job that is not you just trying to figure out what you need to work on, then you may have to follow the lead of someone else and, you know, take their cues and figure out how that works in your you know, workflow, I guess. Now, the other way to think about it, which I think is probably, you know, a lot very relevant to many of you listeners, that is you have your day job, but you don't have a ton of flexibility. So you just have to do the shit that your boss wants you to do. And it's, you know, maybe the situation where you have a lot of different projects and and you can do that. You know how to do that. But you're trying to work on a side hustle. So you got your full-time job. You don't need help on that, but you have your side hustle and there's so many things that you can work on. So in the scope of, say, starting a, a website or a YouTube channel or something like that, you have all these different pieces that you have to think about. It could be related to the actual content, the the pure content, the written word or the videos that you're producing. It could have something to do with the website associated with either one of those and just setting things up. It could be, you know, hiring people and there's just all these different moving pieces and there are all these marketers like myself and many of my peers and then other people too who have you know, things and case studies and information that we want to share with you, usually to eventually, you know, sell you something or put you in touch with sponsors or advertisers that work with us or something like that. So there's all this content coming at you and it can be confusing to figure out what you should work on next. And that's where this, you know, productivity thing comes into play where you do have to just write down the one or two things. You can't do all those things in one day, or you'll make such, I mean, it'll be such a small amount of progress on each one that it's, you know, you can't even tell you did anything. So with that said, it's very effective to work on the one or two items that you identify. So that is exactly what I ended up doing when I was growing the side hustle. When I first got started working online, I wasn't 100% sure, you know, what I needed to work on at first, but as I looked at the different pieces, it became very apparent early on, oh, I need to focus on content really hard. If there's, 
content on the website, then there's at least a chance that someone can find it. And then once I got some baseline amount of content, then I started focusing on link building. So just kind of along the way, uh, I would get done with something that was um, had some dependencies, and then I was able to to move on to the next thing. And that doesn't mean you can't go back, and you should go back and iterate on the work that you're doing. But you do have to, you know, focus and finish things. So that's one of the big, the big things is being able to not just get started, but to get things into a state where they're not necessarily perfect, but they're complete. You have finished a thing. You can go back and improve it later, probably endlessly, but at least it's done. You, you have gotten something where it's 100% done. And that is one of the issues that I see where people are not successful. They, they just don't finish things. They start a lot of things, but they don't finish them. There was uh, someone that I knew a little while back and he was, well, damn, man, he was so good at coming up with big ideas. And he's like, all right, I, if I can just sell, you know, a thousand of these, um, you know, coaching packages and consultation packages for a thousand dollars a piece, that's a million dollars. It's like, fuck, yeah, I mean, we could do math too, but that's not <laughs> like, you have to do all the work associated with it. You got to, come up with the with a course. You have to come up with the thing you're selling and then you have to figure out how to sell it. Like that's, it's really hard to do, man. And he would have one of these, I don't know, every two months or something. It's, it was a little sad and um, I was, you know, he would, he would, we would talk about business and stuff and I would try to, you know, get him to, you know, work on some things and like start making some progress and I mean, he would put together a whole website and like a landing page for each one of these ideas. And, and literally, I, I am not exaggerating every two to three months for, you know, something like a year, year and a half, he would have just a, a new idea, a new thing to focus on. And as far as I know, he hasn't done any of them. Smart guy. He was really good at putting together those landing shit. He should sell the landing pages. And he's so enthusiastic. I mean, he's more enthusiastic and excited than I am on the things that I'm doing successfully, which is, well, that's just how mellow I am, I guess. I don't know. So, you know, if you, if you want to do a thing, you should work on it, you know, make some progress. You don't have to execute exactly to plan. You have to adapt. You have to you have to work on some things, but you should be making some progress and picking the the one or two or maybe three items per day is one of the best ways that you can do it. And you can do this every single day, by the way. You can do it every day if you want to. And if you want to go up another level, zoom out a little bit, you can look at your full year or your quarter or some other interval of time that makes sense for you where you want to set or at least think about some big things that you're going to work on. And then you'll break that down into smaller pieces. And those smaller pieces are what you would work on on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, 
One other reason I like to keep it to one to three items, and today was a, a very, <laughs> it was a clear reason for me why. So I woke up, walked Georgie, my dog, for a couple miles. And I, I mean, I was well rested, felt good, had a few things to do. I worked for about 90 minutes or so, and then I went to work out. And then it was around lunchtime. So I had at that point, right? So I've only done 90 minutes of work, but it was pretty effective and it was, it was important stuff that I needed to get done. And I mean, really, if I didn't do anything else, it would be fine. Like that was a pretty good day. I am doing a few other things like recording this podcast and it turns out that I am, it's an evening podcast coming up later, which I'll tell you about, but I'm going to be doing some other stuff later today. So after I finished working out, I made some lunch for my wife and myself, and then I brought my notebook outside, jotted some things down for maybe half an hour or so. So that was work. That was some things that I needed to, you know, journal through and clarify some notes and planning and such. And then I took a nap. The whole point is at this point, I've only done... So 90, yeah, so I've done like two hours of work. I'm going to do a couple more hours later in the interview, but that'll be fun. We're going to drink some beers and stuff during the podcast interview. So today, pretty good day. I've really only done, you know, two, two and a half hours of work, but it was really focused work. When I think back to the, the old corporate days, especially like if you're in the office, you may go to the break room, you leave for lunch, you're like walking around, wasting time, talking to people, not doing work. Not that that's wasted time completely. I mean, if you're bonding with your coworkers and stuff, that's cool. You know, maybe they're your friends and stuff and that is, uh, you know, leisure time. But when I think about the meetings and the nonsense where you may be on a call with, you know, 10 or 20 other people and not everybody needs to be there. You're literally just on the phone, not doing anything, not actually producing anything. You're not solving problems. You're just present. And there were so many meetings and there were so many calls like that where probably not everyone needed to be on there and it was potentially an unnecessary call. Then you add into the mix just emails and replying back to emails and stuff like that. I mean, you end up with really probably one or two hours of real work that you're doing and the rest of the time you're just sort of chatting, not chatting through problems, but just talking through whatever, you know, corporate kind of stuff you end up talking through. Some of it is necessary. I realized that, for example, in the project management area that I was in, there was a lot of like document management. So we had to, you know, do, do um, a lot of the approvals and help organize the approvals. So the engineers or the business analysts would write the requirements and then we would need to have them approved by the team. So someone has to facilitate all that and make sure the approvals come in. So that's the kind of thing we may do. And you have to talk through these documents. It's boring me just talking about it, but I know a lot of people know exactly what I mean. 
the whole point being, even though I've only done a couple of hours, maybe about three hours of work today, uh, once I finish recording this, that's probably all I was doing in a 10-hour workday for my corporate job with all the other waste in there. So, I mean, at this point, I am really enjoying taking naps during the hot part of the summer. So, you know, two to three in the afternoon, I'm laying down for about 30 or 40 minutes, maybe only like once or twice a week, but I wasn't taking naps before. I got to tell you, it feels pretty good. If you have the ability to take a nap, I know a lot of people work from home, just lay down. You don't even need to fall asleep. You'll feel better. You know, you don't want to fall into a too deep of a sleep where you hit, um, you know, just the, the groggy point where you wake up. Usually that's like over an hour though. So, you know, 20, 40 minutes, you're probably going to be okay. All right, let me, let me get back on track. I'm digging these naps. I'll tell you, it's, um, it's really nice, really nice. Okay. The other thing that is really important is don't get distracted. So I am so guilty of this. A lot of things that I work on require me to actually look at my email. And then another email will come in or I'll get distracted and I'll forget what I was attempting to do. So if you could limit your distractions, you're just going to be so much better off. And that that is going to be different for everyone. So for you, it could be, you know, social media or it could be your, you know, family or maybe coworkers if you are working in an office. But it, if you could figure out how to limit or eliminate the distractions. Maybe there's a lot of noise going on and it would help if you had earplugs or headphones to just block out the external noise so you could focus and work on those important things. But the worst are the distractions that are kind of semi-important, things that aren't really a waste of time, but they are getting in the way of the, the big goals that you need to get done. So that would be for me specifically is like emails and and maybe for you at your, your full-time job. I know currently and during my old corporate job, emails could be a distraction. So they do need to be replied to the emails need to be reviewed and read and and you got to figure out what to do with them, but it may not be the most important thing for you to work on at that time. Like I said, I'll hop in and, you know, if I reply back to an email, it's not wasted time, but I should have been working on something else. And the problem for me specifically is it may take me 20 minutes to get my brain in the right mode to do whatever work it is that I need to do. So let's say I want to write a uh, blog post. It may take me 20, 30 minutes to get in the mood and then I can get a lot done in that, you know, hour after that, hour, hour and a half after that. So if I get distracted early on, I never like shift over into that actual productive period. So watch out for the things that are kind of productive, kind of useful, but not the most important thing that you need to work on. So I know a lot of other people, I'll give one other example. A lot of other people have 
YouTube channels or, you know, blogs of some kind, and you might get a pitch for something. You might get a pitch where someone wants to guest post on your site and it's not a, you know, a bad pitch and you think, oh, maybe, maybe this could be something that I should think about. So then you have a little homework assignment where you need to maybe go look at their website, maybe review the keyword that they suggest, the topic of the guest post, and there's a few minutes of work. I mean, even if it only takes you five or 10 minutes, that's pulling you off the thing that you need to work on. So inherently, it's not bad for you to publish a guest post that's high quality on your site. But if it's distracting you for the five or 10 minutes, that's pulling you off the thing you need to get done. You should come back to it later, batch your emails or, or do something, you know, don't get distracted. Same thing for like people with a YouTube channel. People are, or I guess companies are very sloppy with their outreach. So I think they are just emailing people with a certain number of subscribers, regardless of what you actually cover on your channel. So you'll get pitches for free stuff all the time. And again, you have to go out and evaluate the company and the product. And it's cool to get free stuff, right? But sometimes, sometimes you should just batch those emails. And honestly, most of the time, the YouTube pitches are the worst. They are not aligned at all. And it, I mean, it must be companies that hire marketing agencies to just blast anyone with an email address on YouTube. That's the only thing I could figure out. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Ezoic. Leap is a new product that they have. It's replacing the old site speed accelerator, and they're getting rid of the old subscription model that was with the old product. So now, Leap is free. It's 100% free to Ezoic monetization customers. And basically, it's a robust tool set that works perfectly with the Ezoic cloud to deliver core web vital friendly ads. That is a mouthful. So I think I messed up on the cadence, but you get the idea. The thing is here, Leap is for core web vitals. It's more than just another optimization tool. It's an entire tool set that eliminates the need for expensive plugins, technologies, and analytics. Right. Let me say it again. It eliminates the need for those expensive plugins. I know a lot of people will push specific plugins. A lot of them have, uh, really annual fees. But again, Leap is included if you're using the Ezoic monetization. And basically, it makes it possible for all sites using Leap to pass the core web vitals. And the thing is, if you show ads on your site, it's probably going to load slower. But the thing is, core web vitals and Leap they work together well here. So the Ezoic cloud works with Leap to deliver server-side ads along with the entire page via the new Ezoic Edge so that everything passes Core Web Vitals. This feature is limited to sites integrated with the Ezoic Cloud and it's not available anywhere else. But the thing is, Leap is awesome. They sponsor the show. Ezoic's great to work with. I've been working with them for a few years. So if you are concerned, if you need help with your Core Web Vitals, check out Leap. It could be the right thing for you to do. So quick word on effectiveness and efficiency. 
Effectiveness is doing the right things. And that's the main theme here. Those one to three things should be the right things to work on. Efficiency is when you do things well. Maybe you do them fast. And that's great for an assembly line. But if you're doing other stuff, it may not be the best thing. Now, I'm not saying efficiency is bad, but it really shouldn't be your ultimate goal. So, I'm pretty effective at setting goals and planning and finishing them and iterating and adapting, being flexible and just, you know, getting things shipped, you know, finishing things. I'm pretty inefficient at most of the steps to re- that I need to do to be effective. So to actually, you know, ship things, I'm pretty slow. So for example, I think I type at something like 40 to 45 words per minute, which is, it, it's slow. I, I could practice and try and type faster, but luckily even if I type like a hundred words a minute, it's probably not going to change things all that much for me. Usually my thinking is, is right in line with my typing. So I guess I, I think slowly, <laughs> I think about 45 words per minute. I'm sure I think faster than that, but the point is it doesn't fucking matter that I type slow. It's a little, uh, you know, sad, but it, it's fine. It's not a huge deal. And there's some people that can type super fast and um, that that's great. It's actually pretty impressive. I, I guess I, I wish I typed a little bit faster, but the fact is I don't care enough to, to work on it that much. So the thing is you just don't want to fall into that trap of being like trying to be like really efficient at everything and trying to blast through it. And, and sometimes actually... It's the opposite of what you want to do. So I've had some conversations recently with with some friends about being like upset about like sitting around and being non-productive, inefficient. They're antsy. They want to get up and, and do something. They don't want to be bored. Like the worst thing in the world is to be bored and I too am a busybody and I, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm fighting that urge to like, Oh, I should be doing something, but I have been picking up, you know, some hobbies like playing the guitar, which is a, you know, a fun pastime. I can, you know, just sit down and play for hours and it's really fun. Time goes by fast. seems like, you know, you sit down for 10 minutes and two hours go by and I'm actually practicing uh, finger style, which is something that I'm not skilled at. And, you know, not only am I not efficient, I'm not effective either. And it's one of those things when you're learning, say, a new language or an instrument or a new skill. It could be like skateboarding or, you know, skiing or, you know, some specific skill where you have to, you know, mentally figure out how to do things and physically um, like move and all of it is working together. So that stuff is hard and you can't just all of a sudden play the piano. You have to put in the time and specifically with the guitar, I was playing a lot more uh, starting like at the end of March or so 
it was terrible. I mean, I was going so slow and there would be weeks where basically it seems like you're making zero progress day in and day out and you're working hard, zero progress. And then all of a sudden in one day you make a huge amount of progress. It's insane. And it's happened again and again. And then, you know, I move on to a new piece or I try something a little bit different. It's back at this, you know, the starting spot where it's terrible. And I'm I'm still I'm still working through it. I'm hoping it'll go a little faster as time goes on. It only has been a few months um, since I've been working on this finger style stuff, but it's it's fun and it's kind of an exercise in patience. So in persistence as well. So the other the other thing with like being, I guess, um, antsy being uncomfortable with just sitting around is vacations. And this even came up because I, you know, when I was talking to my friends, they, you know, they're, they want to be hyper efficient just in general. When you go on vacation, typically, hopefully you want to relax, but I've definitely planned vacations where maybe you're in a new city, especially like a new city that's out of the country or just a vastly different environment. There's so much to see. There's so many things to do. And most places probably require someone to be there for multiple years to like see all this stuff and really appreciate things. Now, I know that sounds crazy and we're not going to do that on vacation, but the point is if you if you go to, actually, let me think of one of my trips. We were in, um, we went to Alaska, right? We went to Alaska a couple years ago and then maybe like 10 years ago, we were in Hawaii. And those were both fairly long trips. Uh, the Hawaii trip was like 10 days. And then the Alaska trip, I mean, I was in Alaska for like three and a half weeks, something like that. I was there for a pretty long time. And those are big places, <laughs> Alaska is way bigger than Hawaii, but those are big places and there's so much to see. It's really easy to try to pack a vacation full so that you're efficient in seeing all the shit you want to see and checking out things, but you end up busy, potentially stressed out, right? If you're planning a lot of things, maybe you have tours, maybe you have shows that you need to go to, maybe there's different time obligations. You end up in a spot where you're rushing around, you're stressed out, while you're on vacation, and then when you get back, you're you're tired. You're you're ready to get back to work so that you can relax a little bit. So what I've tried to do is have some activities, right? I mean, there's some cool stuff that you do need to plan ahead and figure things out. But sitting around and just building in time for nothing, unplanned time you'll probably find something to do, but it takes the stress away and it gives you a little bit more flexibility. So my friends were saying, yeah, they, they'll plan a vacation and they have you know things planned down to the hour and it's go, go, go. And not, not a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Like I said, I've done this a few times, but as I'm getting older and wiser, I like to build in, you know, maybe two thirds of the time is unplanned. And you'll find something, right? You're going to figure something out. One of my, you know, favorite memories 
in uh, Yellowstone. So I lived fairly close to Yellowstone for about four years in Bozeman, Montana. And I spent many hours, uh, the first few trips there, you know, you try to run around, you're like, oh, I want to see the lake. I want to check out Old Faithful, other geysers. I want to go to Lamar Valley, Hayden Valley. I want to see all this stuff. Why don't we shoot up to Cook City and see that? And then there's all these other things. There's like thousands of things that you can see. My favorite times uh, was around Old Faithful. And I was was sitting around because some of my um, family was out on a like a tour. So they, they were gone. They were on a bus doing something. So I was sitting in a camp chair with a cooler next to me and my old dog Brody out in front of old faithful. And we were just sitting there just hanging out. And there were busloads of people, hundreds of people went by. We saw old faithful go off maybe three, four times in a row. And there were people that would hop off the bus. They'd go stand out there They'd be looking at their watch. They were in a hurry. And then it would go off. Old Faithful would erupt. And then they would run away. (laughs) Basically, they would just, they they saw it and they saw it. They saw what they needed to see. Then they got out of there. So it was really enjoyable just to sit around and not be in a rush. So I, I tried to recreate that, you know, several times and, you know, sit out on a porch and look at the Yellowstone Lake, for example. And you could do this everywhere. That just happened to be where it really hit home seeing just busload after busload of people just in a hurry. And Brody and I were just chilling out. He had his uh, water bowl and I was drinking, you know, some kind of beer. All right. So don't, don't fall into that trap of efficiency and trying to like do everything fast. Sometimes it's okay if you go slow and things could potentially be a lot more enjoyable if you do. It could surprise you. I need to give a few little updates. So, wow, there's some just random stuff that I was thinking about. So number one, I talked about another YouTube channel for a while and actually started it. It was like challenges that I was going to do and I was going to publish a video on not drinking in January, which I I didn't drink in January and I actually have all the raw footage and I think I have like 90% of a script done for said video. Here we are almost... Um, through uh, July at the time that I'm recording this and we still don't have a video. Basically, I started another podcast instead. So that YouTube channel is there and I can always go back to it if I want to, if I have more time. And it was going to be something on the side anyway. So I started another podcast, Mile High Fi with my buddy Carl. And he and I actually recorded an episode together for this show, The Doug Show, back in January, had a good time. We talked about starting a show and we have a handful of episodes out. It's going really well. We're having a good time and I think we're getting better at interviewing people. I think our shows together. Those have a great flow. We've gotten good feedback. Uh, You know, some people don't like the 
long tangents and the rambling and just the length of some of the episodes. But honestly, it's a little bit intentional. We personally enjoy them. And I know there are certain shows that I listen to that do that. And I enjoy those too. Now, not every single day. And I go on binges a little bit where I'll listen to certain podcasts or YouTube channels that I just find really interesting. Maybe they're really long. And at some point, I'm like, I'm going to take a little break. And I, I come back to them. But anyway, Carl and I are having a blast. We've done a couple remote interviews um, just, you know, through Skype or whatever. And then we have done a few in person as well, which are, that's really cool. And I do have the space down here in the studio in the basement. And I'm using a Zoom PodTrack P4, which I upgraded to. It's not as uh, sort of, um, it doesn't seem as robust and durable as the H4N but it does have four mic inputs and four headphone outputs and I could use it on as an interface for my machine, for my uh, laptop, which I guess is a Mac mini. It's not a laptop, but I can hook it up into my computer and then record everything on, on the machine directly to a hard drive, which is really helpful. So that's been great. One interesting thing is I have the studio set up down here, but sometimes it's just Carl and I, and sometimes we have guests like later on this evening, actually in not too long. So I need to set up the studio. The point is I have to change the configuration a little bit. So one of the great things with having a studio is you don't have to go and like set up the lights again and move the camera and do all that stuff. And um, most of the way there the lights are fine. Camera's usually okay, but sometimes I have to take out the two chairs that we sit in and I have to like set up tables and do some other stuff so that more people can sit there. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not sort of optimized and versatile enough to have a setup for two people when there's two people and then four people whenever we need it. I have to move shit around to get tables and kind of figure it out. So the set changes quite a bit. It'll be nice once it's a little more permanent. Another thing that I stopped working on at least so far, or at least recently is the site growth case study that I was working with with brand builders. So that was going on for about six months or so. And then brand builders let me know that they had uh, too many clients and they couldn't do the work for me, which seemed like, I don't know, I was surprised to hear that. And it was an okay case study. They did quite a bit of work, but, you know, we stopped basically halfway um, through the, the whole goal of the thing. And overall, I, you know what, I haven't, I didn't look at the stats. I should probably do another, another update, but overall, the site grew just a little bit, but it was roughly static, which was kind of surprising. I mean, we we put a lot more content on the site. I think it more than doubled in the amount of content. The quality of the content was fine. It wasn't exceptional in, in any way. I definitely had feedback, which there's a few episodes that I talked about it. I definitely gave feedback to brand builders um, a lot of times. Uh, the biggest gripe that I had 
I've talked about this before, was intros. So I hate to get back a a piece of content and the intro's too long. They're defining like trivial things that are not, they don't need to be defined in that content. It's like the most basic thing. So if someone was like, uh, what's the, if the, if the title of the article was what's the best DSLR camera, and then they provide a definition of a DSLR camera, like we're, we're past that. We're, we know what it is. We're trying to find the best one. You don't need to define what a camera is or the history of it. So there was a little bit of that. And of course, once I gave them the feedback, they, they took that extra stuff out, but I think it could be a symptom of people trying to hit a word count, the writers trying to hit a word count. And, you know, I'd rather just have shorter content. So anyway, that is another thing where it's kind of on pause. It'll be interesting to see if over time it actually gets more traffic and grows a little bit. There have been a few algorithm updates, which seem to have not impacted it at all, which is, it's always good to see. I mean, you want to, you actually want to see growth, but you obviously don't want to see any decline due to an algorithm update. So that site has been fine. The one thing that I was really hoping they were going to spend more time on was link building. The site had virtually no links, something like 10 or so total no link building was really done in the past. They added a handful of links, which, you know, it can take a little while for those to kick in. So those are, I think there were several added in March and April timeframe. So, you know, coming up in the next few weeks, I would say if we don't see any impact from those links, there probably isn't going to be one. I mean, there's some arguments that it could take up to a year or something like that, but We'll see how it goes and hopefully I can get a little growth on or see a little bit more growth on that site. And I mean, that's one where I'm not particularly interested and I would probably sell it. So I was hoping to get it probably up to maybe $2,000, $3,000 per month and then maybe sell it. And I think last couple months it's pulled in like $250 or so. So nothing... Nothing crazy. Again, not a huge amount of growth, but no decline. I think that's about it. Got the podcast going on. Things that I decided not to work on and just take a break. So, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Everybody, have a good week out there. We'll catch you on the next episode.